Okay, I sound like a 13-year-old boy. I have a thing. I used to be a PE teacher for many years in the days when you just screamed across a, you know, a field, track and field. And so I have all kinds of scar tissue on my vocal cords. So things like spending four hours on a Friday night just hanging out with everybody outside or yesterday spending 12 hours chasing all my grandchildren around. Come here, don't do that. What do you want? And my voice just, it's goodbye. So I, last night I was like, I don't think I can do this. I don't have a voice. I'm not actually able to do this. And I have to confess that through the years, because speaking is one of the things I do. I've spoken in like multiple continents, all kinds of different countries. It's one of the things I do. But one of my fears is always that if something were to happen, I lose my voice and like, like an instant. And so I'm always, there's a little bit of fear. And kind of, how many of you have something like, like, oh my gosh, I might have to, you know, I'm going to lose my voice. Well, you know, my worst fear came to pass. And last night I'm thinking, I do not have a voice. I am not able. And the Lord was just basically saying, okay, but just can you be available? The Lord wasn't interested if I was able. He just wanted me to be available. And I'm like, okay, but if I like start coughing or whatever, I'm going to give the microphone to Haley. I wrote good notes. And I just said, just keep preaching. Like, I'm going to give the microphone to you. Come up and you just finish my message. So anyways, I might not be able, but I am available. <laughs> and I do sound like I'm 13, but here we go. And you know what? It's awesome because that is literally the theme of our morning is being available. So, um, Lord, we just thank you so much for your word. We thank you that um, it is truth, that we are grounded in it. We thank you that, that it informs us, that it heals us, that you watch over it to perform it, and that not one part of it will ever fail to do what you sent it to do. And so, God, we thank you. We ask that you bless our time together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we are in the middle of a Christmas series because it's Christmas and we're a church, but we are trying to answer the question of why. Like, why Christmas? Why do we do it all? Why do we decorate? Why do we buy presents? Why do we have people over, those family members, some of them that we don't even really like? Why do we do that? Why do we make 800 tamales? Like, why 800? Why do we make those? I can go to Jose's. He makes a great tamale. Like, why do we do all of these things in the Christmas season? And sometimes we can find ourselves about this time going, I don't know why I am doing this. This is hard. But we know that the Christmas season, there is one why. It is all for his glory. It is all about him. And some of that is just a matter of kind of a little bit of a change of perspective, right? I decorate my house for his glory. I have Uncle Joe over even though he makes me crazy for the glory of God. I, I buy someone a gift for the glory. I remember to say thank you. You're important to me for his glory. I gather at church. We sing Christmas carols that tell the story of Jesus. And we do it all for his glory. Now, just for our purposes today, let me just tell you glory. Glory in a simplistic way, is God's revealed magnificence. So that moment where you go, oh, that's, wow, that's magnificence. It's that revelatory, like, oh, man, God really loves her. That's really crazy. So for the purpose of our story, keep that in mind. Glory is God's revealed magnificence. And so why do we tell the story at Christmas? Because you know it's Christmas. We can celebrate in a different, a lot of different ways, but we like to tell the story. Like 
We like to, to read the Christmas story. We like to tell about Jesus and Mary and Elizabeth and Joseph and the road to Bethlehem. But what is one purpose? And today, we're going to open our Bibles to the book of Luke chapter 1, where he is telling the story of Mary, the mother of Jesus, right? And Luke actually tells us why he told this story to us. And so if we look in Luke chapter 1, verse 4, Luke tells us, well, first of all, Luke is saying in the beginning that, hey, there's a lot of people who have tried to tell the story of Jesus, and I took it upon myself to, like, really analyze it, to look at it, to, to interview, to figure out all the details, and he's talking to someone who, there's questions about who he is. He might be politically important. He might be financially important, but he was important. And so he's a dignitary, and he's doing this. He's talking to a man specifically, and he says, but this is the reason why I'm telling the story, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. So the book of Luke was written so that you may know and be certain of what you've been taught. It's not just a story, and it's not just something that we do in Sunday school or sing about or use as a reason to have Black Friday or you know Cyber Tuesday or whatever it is, Wednesday. It's not just that, but it's so that you would be certain. Romans 15.4 says that everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures, okay, through the endurance that we can observe in the scriptures, the, and the encouragement that it provides us when we see that, that they provide that we might have hope. So this, everything that was written in the Bible, everything is written so that as we look at how people endured, and today we're talking about Mary, the mother of Jesus. So as we look at her story, when we see her endurance, we're encouraged. And so it gives us hope today. And so that is actually the reason why the story was written. And it's the reason why we're encouraged to tell the story, to share the story. And Christmas is a great opportunity, though not the only one, to tell the story of Mary. So now... As we dig into the story of Mary, there's a couple different ways that I study the Bible or teach the Bible. I mostly am very much a storyteller, so I get up, I talk to my grandkids, how God is moving in my life story. I, I tend to be very story-centric, but I study the Bible very linearly, so line by line. So occasionally the Lord will say, I want you to tackle this passage in teaching it, and I want you to teach it linear linearly. So the way that that happens for me is I, I read the word, I start, I follow the truth of it. So is there other places in the Bible that maybe speak to that, right? And so here it is, this is what it says. Are there other places that speak to it? Where's confirmation? And then I ask the Holy Spirit for what revelation that is to me in my heart today. So you read the word, you follow the imagery or the truth of it, and then you ask the Holy Spirit to kind of pull that truth out and put it in your heart. That's one way that you study the Bible. It's one way that you also teach the Bible. So today we're going to take a little linear walk through the story of Mary. So turn in your Bibles to Luke, again, chapter 1, if you've left there. We're going to verse 26. We're going to talk about a great interruption, possibly the greatest interruption of all times. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, 
We're going to talk about that next week. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Now here's the deal. Proverbs 19.21 says, Many are the plans <laughs> in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's will that prevails, right? So how many of you know that there are times where God's purposes can sometimes interrupt your plans? How many of you have ever, see, is there a hand in the room? Like God's purposes came down and literally interrupted the plans that I had, right? Well, this is a major interruption because here's the deal. In first century Judaism, the way that a betrothal went is not like it goes today. See, back then, your families probably made an arrangement. You probably were like, okay, my son, your daughter, we're good families, we're going to get together. So when that happened, when you were of age, you went down to wherever the legal, the courthouse, whatever that was. The documents were signed, and you were legally married. Legally married. In that moment, now you are betrothed. However... You didn't get it like, like even though you've said yes to the dress, you haven't put it on yet. Because what happens is there's about, it usually was about a year, where the bride would go back to her mother and father's house and the groom would go to his, back to his parents' home and he would begin preparing a place for her. That's another message. So the bride would begin preparing another place for her. And then when he was finished, he would come and he would get her. And there would be this really great party. Then it's like, yes, the dress and it's the party. But she is already, so Mary is already technically, legally committed to Joseph. She is what we like to call not available. She is not available to be anybody else's wife to have anybody else's baby. She is technically not available. And so this is a massive interruption because, you know, she's, gonna, she's about to be visited. She's visited by an angel. She's about to be given some very interesting news. Now, have you ever been, had a time when God has asked you something, but you weren't available? There is a time. So I'm reading the story. I'm like, okay, I can know this. There was a time in my life. I had not ever had a real desire to do vocational ministry. I had always had multiple week commitment. I'll do whatever you need to do. I'll just do it on a volunteer. I like business. So I was a businesswoman. I had my own company. I was traveling all over the world. I had great success. I was like ready to retire. I was thinking I was probably coming close into, well, I was probably 50 or so. And I'm like, I'm ready to retire. I'm going to retire early. This is great. I got this business. And the Lord came in and said, <clears throat> Julie, I want you to give your business away, and I need you to go into the church and do what you, did in the, what you do in the marketplace. Now, what I do in the marketplace is organization, management, culture creation, all of that stuff. Like, let's just make your organization better. And so he's like, I need you to go do that in a church. A church really needs that. And I'm thinking, no, no, no. No way. Not available. <laughs> so I was thinking of like dating apps, right? If this was a dating app, I'd be like swiping left. <laughs> Not even. <laughs> Not available. And so I go to my husband. You know, the Lord is asking me, you know, I'm supposed to give away my business and go work for the church. And my husband's like, you know, he's such a godly man. He's like, oh, no. You know, he's like, swipe left, babe. Do it quick. And so we sat on this for about a year. 
And we were both praying, and I'm, gosh, it's not leaving me alone. It was such an interruption in my plan, such an interruption, and so inconvenient. And it was risky at our age, right, because we were like, you know, working on our financial plan for our retirement. And so, but God kept pressing and pressing and pressing. And it was all in this, like, give it away. Because I could have sold it, and there would have been a lot of security, but the Lord was like, no, give it away. So there was a reason I didn't understand in that. I do now understand why that is. But so after about a year, I go back to my husband. I'm like, he's not leaving me alone. And so Mike is like, we're both like, all right, it's time to swipe right. (laughs) It's time to say, God, I'm available to you for whatever you want to do, and I will give away my business. So phone call, hey, these massive accounts, I'm going to give you my account to people who had like like businesses. What? No, I'm going to give it to you. Can you just make sure you take care of this client? I really love them. They're really great people. And I gave away my business. And it was hard and it hurt and it was scary. And we waited for an opportunity and one came. And, and I, I'd been in this church already for 10 years. And so that was eight years ago. And I took the position here at church. And, but what I'm, what I'm trying to say is it didn't make any sense. There just didn't seem like there was a way that this could actually happen. But I, I was available. Like I decided to just say, God, okay. There was a lot I didn't understand. And so... T- Studying the story really made me think of that time because God was like, hey, remember that time when you weren't available? And then you were. And then I got to reflect back on just what God has done in me and in us and in our heart and in our family in the last eight years. But it says that, back to Mary, the angel, when he shows up and he's talking to Mary, um, he says to her, greetings, you are highly favored, the Lord is with you. So this angel comes and he goes, greetings, Mary, you are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Now Mary, being a good Jewish girl, she knows that usually in scripture, when the Lord comes to you and he says, greetings, you are highly favored, I am with you, things are going to get spicy. Like something's going to happen. There is a reason. Like, thank you, Joshua. Thank you, Moses. Thank you, Gideon. Thank you, all the prophets. The Lord's like, hey, hey, I'm with you. And you're like, why? <laughs> so it says that Mary, um, the, that she greeted him like that. And, and Mary was a little bit troubled. Mary was greatly troubled, actually, at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this must be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid. You have found favor with God. Okay, when the angel says, do not be afraid, you're like, why? What am I afraid of? Like, afraid of what? Afraid of what? Right? And so here's the thing. Great interruption. Sometimes God's purposes interrupt your plans, right? She's in good company with David and Moses and all the patriarchs. But one of the things that we know... And we're going to see in today's text is that God's purpose is always, always served by his presence, by his favor, and by his promises. See, when God has a purpose for something, he's like, I got a purpose. Oh, by the way, I'm with you. I'm in it. You have favor. And there's a promise. So God's purpose is always served by those three things and probably a bunch of others because he's God. But Mary was troubled because she's like, 
I don't know. I don't know. I'm not. And aren't you just rooting for her? You're like, Mary, like, swipe right, Mary, swipe right. <laughs> Come on, just swipe right. It's going to go well. Like, we know. We got, like, hindsight, right? Just like, come on, God's going to do it for you. And so one of the things that we know, though, is that God's favor is always going to be for service, not for status. So God's favor is going to be for service, not for status. Now, Christine Kane, she runs a big ministry. She, she says this, she quotes the scripture all the time. There's a, there's a scripture that alludes to it, not exactly said in that same way. You who find yourself strong, make sure that you're spending on other people because it's actually not for you. So she, but she had, a, she had great fame in her ministry really quickly, and she's always like, God's favor is for service, not for status. And I love that. So here's the deal. If you have a great job and you got the dough rolling in, it's for service not for status. If you, if you became a great influencer on social media or whatever, that is so awesome. It's for service, not for status, right? No, no matter what that is, if you have this incredible like favor, like people are discovering your voice or whatever, not my voice today, obviously, but you know, it's for service, not for status. And so, so they're going to go on in this conversation, Mary and the angel, because she knows that you are highly favored. God puts his favor upon his purposes. And if you are in the way of his purposes, guess what's going to fall on you? His favor. And so, so anyways, the, the angel tells her, this is starting to get good because she was troubled a minute ago. But the angel goes on and goes, okay, so you got favor and God is with you. Here's why you're going to need this. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. Hold it. Hold it, God's son. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. This is the promised Messiah. She was about to marry into the family, genealogical family line of David. And the angel is saying, this kid's going to be in the throne, in the, in the line of David. And oh, guess what? You are legally married to Joseph. You are legally now in the family of David. And she's like, hang on. So I got favor, but I'm supposed to have the son of God. But I'm troubled. Like, like, what does that mean? This is like not a small deal. This is pretty big. And you know, there's always a question. This morning, I was getting ready, and I have no voice, and I'm trying not to talk, like, at all. My husband might be happy about that. This <laughs> is my sweet voice. He might be. And I'm just, I'm trying not to sing. And if you guys know me, I'm like the, like, screaming. The worship team is always like, don't. She's probably off key, so we're trying not to listen to Julie screaming in the front row. But I love it so much. And Jake, this morning, our sound um, engineer, he sends me this, this song and he's like, ah, oh, Julius is wrecking me this morning. And it's this song of Mary, Mary, do you know, but it's a, it's a really modern mix. And I just press it. Oh man. I just start singing and I'm like, Jake, <laughs> Jake, I was supposed to sing. And I'm just like, I get lost in it. And I'm just singing like, did you know, did you know? So the, like, did she, I mean, did Mary know? I mean, did Mary know it all? Did she know this was the Messiah? Did she know? Did she immediately start to recall things? Well, I got to tell you, next week, we're going to talk about that. We're going to ask the question, did, she, did Mary know? And if she did, what that meant. 
and you aren't going to want to miss next week for sure. And so, but the one thing that she knows at this moment is what is about to happen in and through her is big. It's really big, and it feels much bigger than her. How many of you have situations in your life that feel much bigger than you? It feels much bigger than you. And so her response to the angel, she's like, how will I, how will this be? I'm a virgin. Like, I'm, I'm a virgin. And so this is what I like to call an identity statement. Like, I am a virgin in my righteous behavior and who I am. I literally cannot get pregnant because I am a virgin and I am pledged to Joseph and I cannot get pregnant in any other way and shouldn't even get pregnant by him until this is all, like, until it's sealed, right? The deal. And so she's like, not, I'm not able. I'm not able to get pregnant because I'm a virgin. And so how many of you know that identity statements will either serve the purposes of God or sabotage the purposes of God? Like, God, I got scars on my vocal cords. But you're asking me to go around the world and teach in, like, human countries, you know, in places where, you know, I can get sick. And the Lord is like, that identity statement is going to serve me or sabotage one of the two, Julie, you get to decide. Are you available? And Mary's like, I'm not able. Because of where I stand, like the position that I have right now, I'm not able. But the Lord is just asking for her to be available. Because God is not looking for someone who is able. He is looking for someone who is available. And see, sometimes those identity statements, it's just in the way that you say it. Because Mary says, how can this be? I'm a virgin. But Isaiah says, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. It's all in how you say it. One of the ways gives God glory. I'm a virgin. I can't. Isaiah says, behold, you watch what is just about to happen. A virgin's going to conceive and she's going to bear a son. And it's all going to be to the glory of God because sometimes it's just in the way that you view it. Identity statements can serve or sabotage the purposes of God in your life. So... What are those identity statements that are sabotaging God's purpose in your life right now? We're going to take care of that at the end. So the, the angel answers her, right? Because she's like, I don't understand how this can happen. And I mean, his answer is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His answer is, well, <clears throat> Mary, it's, he says, the Holy Spirit. We could just stop right there. Like, oh my God, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Ooh, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And I'm going to stop right there. Okay, so now there might have been some question, and now he just says it. Like, this is what's going to happen, man. The Holy Spirit's going to touch that thing, and this is going to be the Son of God. This is going to be fruit. This is going to be the Son of God, Mary. And it, it, it's not your ability. The Holy Spirit's going to come and overshadow you. And this is how it's going to happen. Mm. Verse 36, even Elizabeth, 
I especially love this. And it was one of those things when you're preparing a message, you go, you start at the very end, you go, okay, what things have to be here? And what things are maybe for another message? Because you start, well, as I call it, let's put this thing on a diet. And, you know, you just start. And so this was something that really didn't have to be in here, but I liked it. So it says, even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. Everybody say, in her old age. You see where I'm going. And she who said, was said to be unable, unable, is to, con is unable to conceive, is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. See, she was supposed to be, she who was said to be unable became available and now something was being birthed in her that everyone said was impossible because she wasn't actually able. She was available, right? Because God's word will never return void. His promises are true, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. How is this going to happen if I make myself available? Not by might, not by power. Not because you're able, but by my spirit, says the Lord. See, sometimes, like Mary was thinking, she only knew one way. Like, this is how people make a baby, right? But see, God always knows another way. There's always another way. See, God is the one who makes dreams in the desert, See, God is the one that the scriptures say that he puts a path through the mighty waters. You actually can't see it until he parts them and you get to walk through. See, that's the God we serve, the one who always sees a way that you can't see. So don't be distressed that you can't see it. So the angel tells her how it's going to work. And the one thing that she knows is that the purposes of God are served by his presence, by his favor, and by his promise. I will be with you. We're going to do this. So Mary has a moment. She's like, unavailable, <laughs> available. <laughs> and so even this morning, I am telling my husband, I'm like, I don't even know how I'm going to get my voice. And the Lord, the Lord is like, I just need you to be available. And I need you to break this fear. We're going to break something today, Julie. Because you have... You have an identity statement. I have scars on my vocal cords and I lose my voice very easy. That's an identity statement that dump, sometimes sabotages the purposes of God in me. And he's like, you need to get up and you need to go preach this message because this is your message to preach. You love this message. And so I was like, all right, even if I can only get through a quarter of it, I am available. Swipe right, let's go. And so Mary has this moment. She says to the angel, new identity statement. I am the Lord's servant. That replaced, I'm only a virgin. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. The second part is really important. But she changed her identity statement from, I am a virgin, I can't, to, I am a servant, I'm available. She changed it. But here's the coolest thing about this passage she says may your word to me be fulfilled and the angel left her okay so here's the deal 
Jeff, Pastor Jeff talked about prophecy and promises last week, right? All these prophecies that were coming down about Jesus. And, and now they're about to be fulfilled. Because, you know, there was 400 years of silence. Like the prophets, prophets were speaking. And then silence. And now, boom, Mary's in front of an angel. Available? Unavailable. Like, which one are you? Right? But here's the interesting thing. David. Because remember back there it said he will sit on the throne of David and he will have an eternal reign. There was, a, there was something called the Davidic covenant, right? God made a covenant with David that one of his ancestors would eternally sit on a throne that would always and forever sit on a throne. Joseph is in the line of David. Mary is now legally married into that family, betrothed into that family. And this baby that is coming from her is, is the answer to that promise, that coveted promise. I went back and I looked at David's interaction with the same moment. And the Lord is telling David all this stuff. Like, yeah, I'm going to, like, it's you. It's, you know, it's your throne. Always, you're going to have someone on this throne. You're going to, your son is going to build the temple. David, this is my covenant that I make with you. I will be with you. Do not fear. It's all of those things, right? And David's response. He says, Lord God, keep forever the promise you have made concerning your servant, his identity statement, and your servant and his house. Do as you promised, so that your name will be great forever. And people will say, the Lord Almighty is God over Israel. See, David, back when the covenant was established, had this very same response. I am your servant let it all be fulfilled. Mary comes along all these hundreds of years later and she has an opportunity to step into the covenant promises of David and participate in the fulfillment of that word. And Mary says, I am your servant. May it all be fulfilled as you say. And Mary puts her yes on top of his yes. And then we get to watch what happens. And we have covenant promises today that are tied to and wrapped up in these covenant promises. And God is saying, this is what I want to do through you. And you have an ability to say, I'm your servant. May it be as you said, that all the things that you've said about me be fulfilled. See, we can join that club. We could swipe right. We can say, God, you and I, we're going to do this. I'm available. I don't feel very able. I sound like a 13-year-old. But I am available if you want me to speak, if you want me to teach, if you want me to go. I don't feel very able. I'm turning 61 in a couple weeks. And that promise to Elizabeth about people in their old age, I think I skipped that. Um, even in her old age, God fulfilled a promise to her of something that had been sitting for a really long time. Even in my old age, there are things that still, I, I hold them in my heart, but I'm 61 and they don't sound fun anymore. 
I'm like, I think I'm too old for this. I feel like I'm getting too old for it. I feel like I'm a little tired. And my husband and I are just, we just take a little bit longer to do all the things we used to do. Like, boy, you know, there was Home Depot always so far away from the place where we parked, babe. I don't know. It feels like it's way over there. And so we just, you know, <clears throat> my four-year-old granddaughter legit beat me in a foot race the other day. It's on film. I, my kids... I will strangle them if it ever shows up in public, but it is literally on film. And I'm like, okay, well, that, that's hard. But there are promises over my life, so even in my old age, those, some of those things seem very impossible. And I don't think I'm very able, but I am available. And God can birth in me those things that he promised if I just stay available. And I think that's the truth of the story of Mary that she was maybe not able, but she was available. So are you available? I'm not asking if you're able or unable. Just asking if you're available. Because if you are make yourself available for his purpose, you make yourself available for his presence. You put yourself straight in the crosshairs of his favor. And you make yourself available to see these promises fulfilled in your life. So are you available? Are you available for his presence, for his favor, for his promises? And I got to tell you, you, however many years ago it was, when my husband sat and I sat <clears throat> and had conversations, they're usually in the car. We take a long drive and we'll talk through things and we're like, oh, this doesn't sound like a good idea. Um, but God is asking. And... You know, we said yes. And I can't say that the journey's been easy. And I can't say that it's been exceptionally hard. It's been the journey. There's been highs, there's been lows. But one thing that we know is that God's presence has been with us. That I have seen such incredible favor in areas that I just didn't see it coming. I just never saw that coming. And God has fulfilled some really special promises through this. And, you know, we were talking the other day because, you know, my vi I was financially successful. And I had to give that away. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this concerns me. I'm one of two children. My sister is not married. And so I am responsible financially and in every way as my parents age. My parents are getting up in age. And so I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, like you know, how's that going to work? And the other day we were having a conversation about my parents and you know my dad never graduated from the eighth grade and you know there's not you know they were just hard-working people my dad's an immigrant from Mexico and they just were hard-working people their whole life but they didn't you know there wasn't a lot of savings or anything like that and my parents we were just like man they are they are running circles around People 20 years younger, they went to their doctor's appointments. I just, I feel like that happens every week. But they're so healthy. They're like every single thing. They walk a couple miles every week. They got this great little house out in the desert. God meets every single one of their needs. And in ways that Mike and I, like we could have never imagined. We thought that that was something that was going to come from our ability. They're in their late 80s. And like, like not a penny. I mean, we're talking medical expense, like not a penny. And the Lord just said, my favor was on my purpose for you. 
I will be faithful to take care of that which concerns you. But you, can, you can't see the way I'm going to do it. Because you know one way, and that's your ability. But I know another way, and that's mine. And so we just have to take a moment all the time, Mike and I, to go, we are so thankful that God is, is his favor is on it. So I just want to ask you if you're available for his presence. Are you available for his favor? You're going to see those promises fulfilled just like Mary. And next week, Julius, you can come on out. Um, next week, we're going to talk, we're going to continue with the story of Mary. And we're going to ask the question, did you know? Did you have any idea? Because, see, she said yes. She said yes to, I'm Mary, the mother of Jesus, and everyone will call me blessed. But she said yes to a lot of things that literally broke her heart. Did she know? And we're going to tackle that next week. Because your yes is to it all. And sometimes those moments require great moments of trust. So what I want to do right now, we're going to deal with your availability. Some of you have been swiping left for a long time, like, nope, mm -mm, nope, mm -mm, nope, mm -mm, nope, mm -mm, not doing that, not doing that, not making that phone call, not stepping out in that. And God just keeps his little face, just keeps coming up, will you, will you, will you? And there's a point where he says, I need you. Swipe right. I need you to make yourself available because I want to do something really special in your life. But you got an identity statement that is sabotaging that. I'm not able. I don't like to suffer. I can't be on that kind of a budget. I don't like Uncle Joe. Like all of that stuff. There's an identity statement that is saying you can't. We're going to deal with that right now. Will you stand? As Julius plays so sweetly in the background. Maybe you don't know. Maybe you're like, I don't know if I have any identity statements, Julie. Well, here's the deal. Let's ask. Let's ask. See, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit, his job is to search the mind of God and then reveal things to us. So let's ask the Holy Spirit. So will you bow your heads? Holy Spirit, we ask you right now, what are those statements that are sabotaging the purpose of God in my life? I just want to take a minute and be still while you listen. I'm sure the Holy Spirit has brought something up. Don't question. Let's ask the next question. Holy Spirit, how does that statement need to change? What am I not seeing? Am I not trusting? What needs to break in me? 
Let's just give that to him. Tell the Lord right now, just say it in the privacy of your heart. God, I don't know if I'm able, but I'm certainly available. Let everything that you've said about me be fulfilled. And thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now I'm going to ask the prayer team to come up. They're amazing. If there's a statement that you need to change, just come on up. Come on up right now while Julius is praying and have them pray for you. They will agree with you. If there's something that needs to go from and I am not able to and I am available, let them pray with you. They're going to be up here as we end the service. Make sure you have someone pray with you. So, God, we thank you so much. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your favor. We thank you for your promises, God. We thank you for the story of Christmas that brings us certainty that gives us hope. And we just look forward to seeing all that you've promised fulfilled. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Amen.